0: Along with Russia is a good thing, but it's possible we won't. I think we're greatly hampered by this whole witch hunt that's going on in the United States, the Russian witch hunt.
1: The president has public, no public events scheduled for this evening after he arrives in Helsinki, which he's doing even at this moment. Elsewhere, Homeland Security Secretary Kristen Nielsen says no signs are apparent that Russia is targeting this year's midterm elections with the, quote, same scale or scope as they apparently did the 2016 presidential campaign. This is SRN News.
0: Joe Walsh wants to see a level playing field for everyone. If skin color can and should never be used, when deciding who gets into a college and who doesn't, when deciding who gets a job and who doesn't, if skin color can and should never be used, then it should never be used. White Black or Asian. The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
1: Just after 1 p.m. here at the Twin Cities home for Intelligent Radio. AM 1280. The Patriot. That means it's time for the longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the closer, Brad Carlson. The Narn has been dominating weekend political talk radio for over a decade here in the Twin Cities. And Brad is coming up next. Let's take a quick look at your weather. A nice day out there, partly sunny, mid-80s. A wonderful start to the week. Lots of sun and low 80s for Monday.
2: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio
0: engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. God. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. I used to be a AM 1280 The Patriot. I used to fool it is the
3: Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast, we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to reach us on Twitter, that is hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. If you'd like to uh, comment or question any comments, questions on any of the show content today, use Twitter, Also, uh, go to Facebook. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. Like our Facebook page if you haven't already, and uh, feel free to leave a comment. And again, we will engage the listeners in any forum right here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We're a full-service operation uh, here. You you should know that by now. So anyways, good to be with you on this uh, beautiful uh, Sunday. Uh, According to the Consigliere's weather report... Can we open the windows tonight? Do we know? I mean, sixty I think degrees. So. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we got to open the windows. That's what I've been thinking the last few mid July. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I'm thinking we may have to do that. Uh, kind of the artificial uh, air, the air conditioning pumped on all summer, but that is definitely worthy of your consideration. To be sure, uh, I want to kind of compartmentalize these couple of hours that I have on the show. Uh, Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. Two hours. (laughs) I'm still giddy over the fact I got my second hour back here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. So I'm compartmentalizing a little bit here, kind of hit on some local stuff here in the first hour and then save the national stuff for the second hour. And yeah, obviously we will get to uh, perhaps the biggest national news story from this past week is President Trump uh, nominating D.C. Circuit Court Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that in the second hour. So fear not, we will get to it. Uh, but I did want to cover some items here in the first hour. And obviously primary day here in Minnesota, it's about a month away. It's in fact it's about four weeks from Tuesday. So Tuesday, August 14th is primary day where we vote in the primary election. And obviously one of the bigger races to consider If you are a Republican, is of course the nomination for the Republican candidate for governor, and basically the two choices are between former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty and twenty fourteen gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson, and they're really starting to go at each other a little bit now that we're ramping up into you know, like I say, less than a month from the primary. And there was an ad that came out uh, by Tim Pawlenty this past week. I didn't see it right away. I only first saw it this weekend. But just gauging the response uh, was was interesting in and of itself. Uh, well, first off, for purposes of full disclosure, I should I should come at it with this. I, I never endorse any candidates on this broadcast. You know, Mitch Berg and I we kind of have uh, we kind of have the same stance on on en- endorsing candidates. Number one, no one really cares what we think. And number two, uh, we want all the candidates to come on the broadcast, whether we endorse them or not, because this isn't about us. This is about bringing the candidates to you, the listeners, to give you an opportunity to decide who you're going to support, ultimately, in the general election. And we're assuming, if you're listening to this broadcast, you're going to support the Republican candidates. So, therefore, we want to bring all the Republican candidates to you and not give a pretense that we're supporting one or the other. Now, I've made exceptions to that, of course. I mean, I am supporting Karen Housley to be the candidate for U.S. Senate to oppose interim Senator Tina Smith. Okay, uh, she does have a primary opponent. Uh, I'm not going to not going to tell you who he is. He can come on the broadcast and tout his candidacy if he so desires. Despite the fact that I support his primary opponent. But as far as the gubernatorial race goes, uh, I am I am going to wholeheartedly and enthusiastically support either Jeff Johnson or Tim Pawlenty, depending upon who wins that primary race. It's Not even a question. Because especially given what the DFL is putting up on their side, so it's not a question. And and to be honest with you, I I haven't even one hundred percent made up my mind who I'm going to vote for in the primary. I haven't because I, I go back and forth. It's like well, Tim Pawlenty, you know, he's he's the last Republican to win a statewide race. He could appeal to more of a cross section of voters than could Jeff Johnson. Because let's face it, if you're running for statewide ra- running in a statewide race in Minnesota. You can't just have all Republican support. You need to be able to appeal uh, to some independents. You have to. You have to have that balancing act, right? Tim Pawlenty was able to do that in in 2002 and again in 2006. And I get that the political landscape has changed in 12 years since Tim Pawlenty last won a statewide race. I get that. And then I and then I says, "Well, you know, I'm more. If I'm to be honest, I'm more ideologically aligned with Jeff Johnson." Because Jeff Johnson, in my mind, is is definitely a more conservative candidate than is Tim Pawlenty. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go that route, if I'm gonna say, well, I have to support the candidate with whom mostly close with who closely resembles most closely resembles my uh, ideological worldview, well, then I'd have to go with Jeff Johnson. So you can see my dilemma. I'm wrestling back and forth. I, bottom line is, I want to win. I want to win. And if I believe Tim Pawlenty has a better chance to win this a statewide election, so be it. But again, this is just the primary, so I I don't know I I I am really wrestling back and forth. Although uh, I did have to say that the 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 ad that Tim Pawlenty put out this past week hitting Jeff Johnson didn't quite pass a smell test. But we dug into some aspects of this particular ad, and the Johnson campaign's response to it uh, left a lot to be desired. Well, first of all, we'll play the ad. It's a thirty second ad. Tim Pawlenty. Uh, going after Jeff Johnson. Here we go.
4: Who is Jeff Johnson? He's a career politician who taxes and spends a lot. As a Hennepin County Commissioner, Johnson didn't just vote for a massive property tax increase, he proposed one. Johnson then supported Governor Dayton's plan to expand the state sales tax to auto repairs, babysitting, and more. Jeff Johnson supported spending millions of dollars of taxpayer money to support Obamacare. Higher taxes, wasteful spending, supporting Obamacare. That's the real Jeff
3: Johnson. Okay, there it is. Uh, they, they they needed a, the the more ominous deep voice guy. Who is Jeff Johnson really? A tax and spend Republican? Who comes up No. Uh, maybe that's my quasi rehearsal for uh, voiceover broadcasting. Who's to say? But okay, that didn't quite pass the smell test. I'm like, Jeff Johnson really taxes? And, and by the way, I don't really like someone like Tim Pawlenty labeling someone a career politician. I mean I know I get it Jeff Johnson has been on the Hennepin County Board for for a number of years he ran for attorney general in 06 ran for uh, governor in 2014 is running for governor again but Tim Pawlenty was a two-term governor served in the Minnesota legislature as well and I think he was mayor of Egan at one once upon a time so Tim Pawlenty's done he's had a career in politics himself now his most recent career hasn't been in politics that much is true but I don't like someone who's spent uh, at least a decade, couple of decades, close to a couple of decades in politics chiding someone else as a career politician. That just seems incredibly disingenuous to me. But where the Johnson campaign uh, left a lot to be desired was their response to this ad. Well, first of all, a lot of his supporters came out and they all kind of had the same chanting points. They said, well, Tim Pawlenty must have uh, must taken a look at the polls and see that they're tightening up and he's so desperate he's got to come out with this Kind of advertisement because Jeff Johnson has been a reliable uh, no vote on the Hennepin County Board when it comes to you know tax increases, and he's kind of on an island on the Hennepin County Board. I mean, there's seven Hennepin County commissioners, and Jeff Johnson typically is the only one who votes against any expansion of uh, of government or, or increase in taxes. Well, their and their answer, their response. To the claim that he raised taxes or proposed, you know, well, here here's the quote. As a head of the county commissioner, Johnson didn't just vote for a massive property tax increase. He proposed one. And there was uh, my, my buddy Jeff Kolb, uh, who is, uh, you know, for purposes of full disclosure, has never been a, a Jeff Johnson supporter. Okay, but don't let that cloud what he brought forth here. My buddy Jeff Kolb on Twitter cited this on the Johnson campaign website where Johnson calls it a blatant lie that he did not vote for a massive property tax increase. But then on the Johnson website's blog or Johnson campaign's blog, it said Jeff Johnson was the only commissioner to vote against setting the ceiling at four per, uh, a 4.95% for increase. He proposed a 3% increase instead so in one one excerpt, he's saying, "Well, that's a lie. I I, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't propose a property tax increase." And then in the other se- sentence, it says, "Well, he voted against setting the ceiling at four point nine five percent increase, rather proposing a three percent instead." Basically, saying if property taxes are only gonna if they're gonna have to go up, they should be stopped at three percent. Okay, so technically, you could say, "Well, that's not actually proposing a tax increase," but it's it's essentially saying that you're approving that if there's going to be a tax increase it should be up to 3%. Splitting hairs maybe, but that just seems like inconsistent statements there. And again, it could be the plenty campaign kind of uh, I don't know, twisting it twisting into a pretzel a little bit. The fact of the matter is, you know, say say all you want about Jeff Johnson, but in 2014, you had the DFL side whether it was Governor Dayton or whomever else on the DFL side or uh, Alliance for a Better Minnesota, when they were talking about Jeff Johnson, they talked about him. He's going to come in there and propose all these draconian cuts to government. Okay, so I I could make an argument that Jeff Johnson doesn't come out looking terrible in this because you've got the DFL side saying, well, he wants to come in and 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 hack up government and with all these draconian cuts, and then you have Tim Pawlenty. Uh, the, or the Plenty campaign coming in and saying that he's a, you know, he's a tax spender, wanted to save Obamacare, and again, uh, there's just so much more nuance to get into than just in a 30 second ad, right? But the fact of the matter is, uh, um, Brian McClung, he used to be uh, um, part of the, uh, or he used to be the uh, for, uh, deputy chief spokesperson uh, when Tim Plenty was governor. He actually tweeted out. Um, the minutes from the Hennepin County board meeting. And here's a tweet. He says, you asked Jeff Johnson whether he voted for his 3% property tax increase. He said he couldn't remember. Here are the minutes from the vote. He voted yes. Maybe this will help him remember. It was back in September of 2009. So if you want to go to Brian McClung's Twitter feed, he tweeted out the Hennepin County minutes where Jeff Johnson did indeed propose a 3% property tax increase. So, uh, again, splitting hairs maybe, but uh, it is definitely uh, heating up on the GOP side for uh, for the uh, battle for the nomination. And you know who's to say? I, there's I've seen some polls out there that show plenty has a sizable lead. Obviously, he's got a lot more money, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment about the, how the uh, how the fundraising is progressing and uh, how Tim Pawlenty, uh came up with a prominent endorsement that depending upon who you talk to it was either a worthless endorsement or it was a betrayal or backstabbing uh we'll get into a little more of that like i say we're talking a lot of local issues here in the first hour and we want to get into that and want to take your phone calls too at 651-289-4488 you could also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And feel free to look us up on Facebook. Look up the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. Like our page if you haven't already. Feel free to leave a comment there as well. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, The Closer. Go nowhere.
2: is a more dangerous
0: place now than ever before so who do you trust for security at your business or for your next event here at am 1280 the patriot we trust midwest protection agency their staff is highly trained incredibly professional and provide services such as executive protection and transportation corporate security and workplace violence security services to contact midwest protection visit them online at mwprotection.net that's mwprotection.net
5: Go to relieffactor.com.
4: The perfect anniversary gift is to learn how to dance as a couple with this exclusive half price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom.
5: Get 20
2: lessons for just 8.50. That's half price.
4: American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style. And
2: you will have the time of your life as you learn.
4: 20 dance lessons for just 8.50 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom.
2: Give her the anniversary gift she'll never expect.
4: Call the Patriot today at 651-405-8800.
1: You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. com Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at Ineedmorehair.com.
3: Welcome back here, I'm 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, thanks as always for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always... We appreciate you tuning in. Was this uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign theme song? Do we know? Or, I'm sorry, uh, her post First Lady uh, tenure. Wow. We're just full of cheap shots here. And welcome back. Talking to local politics this first hour. Talked a little bit about the Johnson uh, Plenty battle for the GOP nomination for Minnesota governor. Uh, Tim Pawlenty this past week scored a key endorsement uh, for their gubernatorial campaign. This is from Tim Pawlenty's website. Uh, Minnesota College Republicans uh, on Tuesday endorsed Tim Pawlenty and Michelle Fishbach for governor and lieutenant governor in the August 14 Republican primary. Minnesota needs a governor who will actively increase and improve our educational opportunities, and Tim Pawlenty is the only candidate ready to do that, said Minnesota College Republicans Chair Catherine Hinderocker. Just an aside, we've been on the air so long, Catherine Hinderocker was running around the studio as like an elementary age kid because, of course, her dad was one of the founding members of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, John the Rocket Man Hinderocker. This is crazy, reading a statement from little Catherine Hinderocker, chair of the College Republic, We get we need to get her on the show, by the way. Uh, I should have thought of that, because uh, this is newsworthy. Anyways, <clears throat> continuing with Chair Hinderrocker's statement, uh, Tim has made it clear he will work with us from day one to identify and attack the unique challenges college students face today. Tim is also fearless in his defense of our national security and the rule of law. He is the common-sense conservative leader we need to move Minnesota forward. As a former member of the Minnesota College Republicans, I'm honored to have their endorsement, said Plenty. This is a critical moment for our state, and I appreciate the grassroots support of our college students across our state, adding even more momentum to our campaign. I have the strength and experience to solve problems and bring Minnesota Minnesotans together and look forward to working with the College Republicans to win on August 14 and November 6. Uh, the Minnesota College Republicans, by the way, are the statewide umbrella organization of the chapters at more than 40 colleges and universities in Minnesota with a membership of over 8,000 students statewide and are affiliated with the College Republican National Committee. So, big endorsement there, and of course, the one aspect of that that came up is how can an organization like the Minnesota Re- College Republicans affiliated with the state party, Republican Party of Minnesota, obviously— how could they endorse someone who is not even the endorsed candidate? because of course, Jeff Johnson was the endorsed candidate at the state Republican convention in early June. And when this came out, of course you had a lot of people, particularly Johnson supporters just fit to be tied so that's it, pull their affiliation, pull whatever pull whatever they, they should no longer be affiliated with the Republican Party of Minnesota. And I, I wasn't I honestly wasn't familiar with the uh, with the dynamics of this, and uh, a young lady by the name of uh, uh, Callie Erickson, who, from what I understand, is a uh, is on, still on the board or even the co chair at the Minnesota College Republicans. Uh, she had indicated that uh, they have, I think, it's been since. Um, yeah, okay. I'll read Callie's statement. This was kind of on a Facebook thread. Uh, she said she's been on the executive board for four years, and up until April. I can tell you that the Minnesota College Republicans are not starting from scratch whatsoever. We're still doing the same things we did, and on an even bigger scale, we continue to grow. It's just important to show that we are an autonomous organization and not to be treated like a small accessory to a larger and more important organization. So apparently, uh, as of April of this past year, so just, gosh, within the past few months, the Minnesota College Republicans are no longer a direct affiliate of the Republican Party of Minnesota, which I I honestly was not aware of that. So that makes perfect sense. They're able to do what they they want and, and and be on their own. And this is this is significant because Tim Pawlenty's campaign was being kind of chided as, well, they're just receiving a bunch of outside money. Tim Pawlenty is raising hundreds of thousands of dollars from outs from organizations outside the state. Not even. These organizations outside the state—they don't care about Minnesota. They're not—they don't live in Minnesota. What do they know about Minnesota issues or care about the issues that affect Minnesotans? Yada yada yada. So, a grassroots organization like the Minnesota College Republicans, who again is is independent of the Republican Party of Minnesota, um, that's that's a big feather in his cap. I wouldn't underestimate that, particularly because when it comes to election time, uh, these young people definitely. Put some put in the work, and they have skin in the game. So uh, I'm not saying that this is a game changer necessarily, but to say that it's nothing, uh, I don't think is accurate. And this uh, this comes on the heels of um, a tweet that I saw. Uh, Michael Broadcorp who I uh, put out a tweet uh, this past past week. Uh, this concerns the um, BPOU. Uh, Organizations, obviously, BPOU. There's a BPOU that represents each of the uh, 67 Senate districts here in Minnesota. And uh, apparently, I'll just read Michael Bradcorb's tweet uh, verbatim. Uh, local MNGOP party units asked to send money to Jeff Johnson's campaign. Uh, this money is usually spent on local elections, such as legislative races. Well, obviously, this year the entire state legislature is up for re-election. The state Senate. Is not. That's typically a four-year term uh, until, obviously, we have redistricting. The year that's redistricted, then they have a, an election within that year, which is two years after the previous one. So I'll just read this email that was sent. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, Senate District 39 in Stillwater had a GOP executive committee meeting last night. Reportedly... The chair said that Jeff Johnson had not raised much since the convention and BPOUs were being asked to send half of their current balance to Johnson before the July reporting deadline. Uh, the Stillwater Group had $4,000. A request to uh, send Johnson $2,000 failed. They turns out they sent him $1,250. So we already knew pretty much that Tim Pawlenty was far out raising Jeff Johnson. And how was it going to be different this time? Because Jeff Johnson was outspent dramatically once he was the nominee, because, of course, they had a primary battle last year, even though Johnson was the endorsed candidate. They had I think ended up being four candidates going to the GOP primary. Johnson ended up emerging victorious, and then it was basically a three-month blitz to the general election. And he ended up raising a significant amount of money, but he was still outspent tremendously because you had independent expenditures like Alliance for Better Minnesota completely in the tank for the DFL. So this is uh, this is interesting because the BPOUs, they, like Michael Broadcorp alluded to, they are typically more invested in the legislative races, whether it be state house or state senate. Well, obviously, with state senate not being up, they have to invest in state house races. And the Republicans have a healthy majority in the state house. They have a 20-seat majority. So they, that means that the Democrats have to flip at least 11 seats in order to get a majority. And I, I don't have any idea how feasible that is at this point. Who's to say? But this idea that that the uh, these, some of these BPOUs are being asked to divert resources from these House races to the Johnson campaign tells you that the Johnson campaign, at least right now, trying to fund this primary battle is in some pretty dire straits. I mean, that's how I interpret it. If they want to to disclose differently, and obviously after the next reporting deadline comes and goes, we'll certainly find out in how much financial difficulty they are. But to divert resources from these House races, again, which is very important. And here's the thing. If Tim Pawlenty ends up becoming the nominee, well, then we Republicans have to get firmly behind him. And guess what? If you don't like how Tim Pawlenty govern, well, here's the thing. You have a check on him in the legislature in the person of a Republican majority in the House and a Republican majority in the Senate. Because, again, the House has a healthy majority. Let's work hard to keep that. And then the Senate, you have Michelle Fishbach's old Senate seat, I believe, Senate District 13, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The Republicans desperately need to win that seat to maintain their scant majority in the Senate. Right now it's 34 to 33 and that seems like a safe republican district anyways but you can't take anything for granted so the point is if you don't like how plenty governs well then for goodness sakes work hard to get him elected as well as work hard to keep the house in republican hands as well as a special election in senate district 13 to ensure they keep we keep all republican control because remember Tim Pawlenty always had to deal with a divided legislature i mean there has never been an all republican state legislature with a republican governor at least Not my lifetime. Okay, so that's one way to ensure that Governor Plenty, if he obviously if he becomes governor, you know governs to the right of center. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out come the next um, fundraising deadline. That uh, who was and first of all, this email says BPUs, BPOUs, were being asked to send half of their current balance to Johnson before the July reporting deadline. Well, who who requested that? Was that someone within the Johnson campaign, or was it a support, a, a high level supporter of Johnson's? It doesn't really say, so this is kind of vague. So, if that's the Johnson campaign, then yeah, that's really showing that they are in some financial difficulty. If that's the case, but something to keep an eye on that is for certain. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, the closer coming back in mere moments. Don't know where. My
1: or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Together we sing better. Together we
0: sing better
6: hand-in-hand.
4: Consider Montessori, an educational model that is founded on the premise that all children are natural learners with curiosity. Hand-in-Hand Christian Montessori specializes in one-to-one learning instead of one-size-fits-all. Call 651-784-7988 or go to hihcm.org.
1: This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court by President Trump marks what could well be the first ever reliable majority of what conservative scholars call originalist and textualist judges on the Supreme Court. If confirmed, it's a triumph for the conservative legal movement that took 30 years to achieve, and it's almost here at long last. In temperament, character, and judicial philosophy, Judge Kavanaugh is very much a Justice John Roberts 2.0. This doesn't mean a reactionary or a right-wing activist radical court but rather one committed to the Constitution and to precedent, to religious liberty and free speech, to property rights and the Second Amendment. Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation will be dispositive of the question, should I have voted for Trump when it arises? The answer, of course, is yes. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The
0: Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. America's unique graduate leadership degree offered on its most beautiful campus. Hey, welcome back. in. Twelve Eighty, the
3: Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Well, that that song, Lenny Kravitz, "American Woman," can only mean one thing. That is, we are being joined by longtime friend of the broadcast. She's been on in her capacity as Miss Minneapolis, as well as a reporter for Alpha News, and uh, just as a just as a friend of the broadcast. Multiple reasons, really. But today we are going to have her on because she is actually running for elected office this fall. So we're having her on to tout her candidacy. I'm speaking none other about, of course, than Julia Aaron. Uh, She is running for a seat on the Chanhassen City Council this fall. We'll talk to her about her candidacy, some of the issues that uh, she is uh, touting facing the city of Chanhassen and uh, her electoral prospects. Julia, always an honor to have you on the broadcast, young lady. How are you? Good Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh you know, we never it never ceases to amaze how often that uh, we're able to slip in uh, Lenny Kravitz American woman every time you come on. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you, do you hear that music playing in your head when you're walking down the streets and knocking on doors for the Chan-Aston City Council, Julia, <laughs> do we know?
7: Um, you know, sometimes I do, but every time that song comes on, I get very happy because I know I'm about to talk to you.
3: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're always uh, grateful to have you on. And, and i got to get used to this, by the way. Uh, your official uh, Facebook campaign Facebook page is uh, Julia Coleman for uh, Chan-Aston City Council because, of course, uh, you're getting married in the midst of uh, running a uh, city council campaign. So uh, a little busy time this summer and fall, Julia.
7: Yeah, I am getting married in a little bit over two months. Uh, to my best friend, very excited, and so I figured rather than uh, confuse everyone and have to switch all the lawn signs out, I'll embrace the new last name a little bit early.
3: So uh, well, uh, obviously you've been in uh, Chanhassen for a little bit now, and and I know we've talked a lot about it on this broadcast, Julie, that yeah, one day you'd uh, run for elected office, didn't know when it was all, I guess, uh, when the timing worked out for it. I guess why this particular uh, seat, why the uh, city council, Julie
0: Aaron?
7: Yeah, I've been in Chanhassen for a couple of years now, and I've really grown to love the community. And, you know, when I love something, I, I give it everything that I have. As as you've seen, when I was Miss Minneapolis helping the mental health community or when I was serving on the Board of Regents at the U of M, I'm always doing my best for the communities I'm involved in. And now that I'm getting married, I recently became a homeowner. I know I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time in Chanhassen. We're looking at You know, not the next election cycle. We're looking at where we're going to be raising our family. Uh, I I care about the city and how it turns out, and I want to do everything I can to make that city turn out to be a great place and to build on the successes that we've already had.
3: And you, who's obviously been an observer of politics for quite some time and obviously worked in the uh, political media industry, you of all people would probably know that, you know, federal office and and statewide office, you know, they they garner some of the more – uh, high profile headlines, if you will. But I'm sure if anybody knows this, Julia, you, uh, sort of being a an em- lover and embracing of liberty, know that at the county and municipal levels, that's where the rubber really meets the road when it comes to setting policy in a particular area. And, and let's be honest, where some of our freedoms could definitely be infringed upon. Now, I'm not talking about high profile ones like they're trying to take our guns away, but, you know, subtle little things that could probably lead to some, such bigger issues. And I'm sure if anybody has an appreciation for that, you do, Julia.
7: Oh, absolutely. I think Thomas Jefferson you know, hit the nail on the head when he was talking about how the closer you are to the people, the more you are a voice of those people. And that's exactly what I hope to do for Chan Hansen And all my years, whether it was interning or volunteering on campaigns or even covering political, um, through political media, I, I came to see how important it is to be involved at the grassroots, most basic level. Mm. I think that's where some of the most important decisions are being made are in our city hall. And it's you know sad because a lot of times it's empty it's just the council members and a couple observers and you know I'd like to change that I work in public relations now and I hope to really go door to door to door reaching every single person I can getting them interested and invested in how their city council and their county is treating them uh, there's a couple ideas I have friends who serve on uh, other local city councils and a couple ideas that have been really successful for them that I'd like to bring for Chan Hafen. For example, one of my friends over in Crystal was able to get a group of volunteer local lawyers, so volunteer meaning, it's my favorite word, free, uh, go through <laughs> the city code line by line by line. And in the process, they were able to present to the city council pages and pages of codes that were outdated, costing the city money, infringing on personal liberties, or making the city unattractive to businesses to come in. And that's something I'd like to do for Chan Chanhap. They also brought in volunteer accountants. To look at the books, I mean, one of the things I love about Shanhafen, and I grew up in the Twin Cities, so I hadn't really had this experience before, was that every single person is involved in the city, whether it's, a, you know, my fiancé, the firefighter, or the Lions Club, or the Rotary Club, or Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, every single sure. person's involved somehow, and so I'd like to bring that passion for being involved in your community to volunteering to help the city out, too makes it more efficient, to make it more cost-friendly. There's a lot of ideas and a lot of energy that I hope to really bring to city council.
3: Now, I think that's great that you're actually bringing uh, to the forefront some issues that, you know, let's face it, some residents may not be readily aware of, or maybe they're not engaged in. And and, and that's that's certainly a fantastic attribute. But now that you've actually gone out and knocked on a few doors, and I saw you recently, Julia, walked in a parade and got to shake hands and meet some folks. Are there any specific issues pertinent to the city of Chanhassen that they're bringing forth that they might want to see you address at this particular juncture?
7: Yeah one of the interesting things is as many people know Prince's Complex is in Chanhassen. Yes. And so they're looking at putting a you know a couple hundred single family units in that area and so developing Chanhassen in a way that holds on to what makes Chanhassen Chanhassen, mm-hmm. but also embracing the growth. And as I recently experienced with my fiance, everybody is looking to move to the suburbs right now. You had about 10 years of people too afraid to buy houses. And now a ton of people in their twenties and thirties are looking for single family homes sure. and you know, they're going off the market faster than they can put them on. So there's developers looking to continue to grow Chanhassen and People looking to come to Chanhassen, who will be young people starting a family like myself, and they'll be looking for representation. But then there's also the core group of Chanhassen, who's looking for someone who will be a voice for them as well, and keep Chanhassen, you know, the small-town charm that it was to begin with, while it's growing. Another thing I've heard from people is access to the city council. They don't feel their voices are heard for those who do pay attention to local issues. And I personally know what it's like to reach out to elected officials and not hear back for a week or two, if at all. And so that's why, if I'm elected, I'm promising to not only be responsible, but responsive. And a part of that will be hosting monthly office hours, where I'll post up at a coffee shop or at a library, and for a whole day, anyone in Shanhafen can come talk to me about anything, whether it's to get to know each other better, talk to me about an issue, or show me pictures of your dog, um, whatever it is. Uh, you will have someone who will take the time to listen to you. Now, is
3: this, uh, I I guess, about your specific race, Julie, is this specific to, like, a ward within the city, or is this kind of an at-large seat? How does that dynamic work?
7: Chanhassen has four city council members, and every two years, two of them are up for election. Okay. Uh, They're four-year terms, and they're at-large. Okay. So there are two seats currently up for election, and as of right now, I'm the only candidate in the race.
3: Okay. Well, uh, obviously, we know you're. Regardless of uh, whether you have an opponent or not, Julia, we know that you're not going to uh, take anything for granted. We saw, like you say, we saw you out there uh, shaking hands, walking in parades. Now, I know you've been a volunteer on campaigns in the in the past, and as you saw the candidates work the crowd and and knock on doors and whatever, uh, how is it your from your perspective now? Actually, being the candidate? is everything you thought of? Is it different? Is it a different experience for you? How does that work for you?
7: Yeah. you know, I had a lot of great people to learn from over the years. And the biggest thing that I've learned from them is make sure that you're going out there talking to people, even if it ended up being just two seats and two candidates. I still am committed to hearing the voice of every single person in Chanhassen. And that's why I'm making my goal to knock on every single door. And so if you're in Chanhassen and you're listening, I'll be coming around and I hope you have some things you want to talk to me about. Um, As far as, you know, the parade and talking to people and shaking hands, it is a lot different um, from volunteering to actually being the person that is responsible to hearing these people out. It's, it's humbling. It's an honor and it's also very exciting because you hear what these people want to do and it kind of lights the fire in you to work harder so that you can be a voice for them.
3: Uh, Julie, we have a few minutes remaining. Again, we're talking to uh, Julie Aaron, longtime friend of the broadcast uh, actually running for elected office again, for a seat on the Chanhassen uh, City Council. Julia, people are hearing you, and obviously folks have gotten to know you over the years and uh, would love to be able to help out any way possible, whether it's uh, walking at parades, knocking on doors, maybe throwing a a few bucks their way. Is there a a website that you have up currently where people can donate, and uh, how can they get in touch with you?
7: There's a couple of ways to get in touch with me. First, we do have some social media pages Um, on Facebook. It's Julia for Chanhassen. And we are working on a website. It's a local race and a small team, but we are getting that up and running. So keep an eye out for that. Okay. Otherwise, if you want to reach out to the campaign directly, you can email, email me at Julia, J-U-L-I-A, for for Chanhassen, at gmail.com. Again, that's Julia4Chanhassen at gmail.com. And I would love to get volunteers. We are obviously accepting... Uh, graciously accepting any uh, financial support we can get. And if you are in Chanhassen and want to talk to me about a particular issue, or if you're in another city and have some experience that I should learn from or look out for, I am all ears.
3: Fantastic. Again, folks, if you go to Facebook and just do a search, uh, Julia for Chanhassen, her page will uh, come up. and I'll, I'm, I'm, I will get used to this, Julia, I promise. Julia Coleman. For Chanhassen City Council. I know probably everybody's trying to get used to that one, but uh, (laughs) it is going to happen. (laughs) Julia Coleman for Chanhassen City Council. And by the way, folks, if you go to my blog, bradcarlson.org, I've also linked to her Facebook page as well. It's kind of a one-stop shop for everything to kind of see uh, everything that's going on. And... uh, uh, contribute whatever you can well julia always uh, always great to talk to you, young lady best of luck to you this uh, summer and into fall as you uh, plan your wedding get married and continue uh hit the ground running and uh, win election in november and uh, you always know this you have an open invitation to come back on the broadcast to talk about uh, whatever you want and uh, we appreciate the time as always thanks brad you're the best am 1280 the patriot northern alliance radio network back with one final segment this hour go nowhere
0: AM1280 the Patriot. When posting on most job sites, you get candidates. I'm the sales director. I'm the sales, director. I'm the sales, director, I'm the you're sales
7: director you're looking for.
0: But when you post on Indeed.com, you get the candidates just right for you.
7: I'm a sales director with an MBA, over 10 years' experience, who's also fluent in Japanese.
0: With Indeed, you can add screener questions for a less time-consuming route to your short list of qualified candidates. Arigato. Hiring's better when you've got your short list. Save time on hiring when you post a job on Indeed. Get started today at indeed.com/slash hire.
4: You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veradesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day, so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veradesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button. And it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veradeskcom radio. That's V-A-R-I-desk.com radio
6: pro-life across america the billboard people i'm sure glad you're my sister addy yep you're my best buddy mom says you were their little surprise what would we do without you wow you'll probably get your own gum yeah that's true but you're worth it
4: hello my name is carrie i work with pro-life across america the billboard people If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible.
2: A
6: baby's
2: heart is beating 18 days from conception. life
6: across America, the billboard
3: The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know when you want to know it. Up to the minute, business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at twin cities Welcome back here, 1280 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me Brad Carlson. This is a show we like to call The Closer as I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming.
7: You can catch my friend and colleague,
3: King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. The King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague, Mitch Bergen, on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriots, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition. I am The Closer, closing out weekends, Sundays, 1 to 3, right here on AM 1280. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast.
7: I want to get some oh, I, I,
6: Where's a
3: disco ball when oh, we need it? That's all I gotta say.
5: I I've got to
3: uh, some really ugly lip syncing going on here. It's a good thing this is radio.
0: <laughs> yes, it
6: is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, we got uh, one final short segment uh, to go this hour, and then, like I say, second hour we'll talk a lot of national stuff including uh, the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, confirmation hearings set to uh, begin eh, probably within the next uh, few weeks or so. I know from the day Justice, uh, Judge Neil Gorsuch was announced as a Supreme Court nominee to the day he was confirmed, I believe it was just over two months. So obviously the goal here is to get it done before the midterm election date, and I'm sure that will happen. But we'll talk about that second hour. But uh, speaking of local politicos, and uh, Judge Kavanaugh, apparently, Al Franken hasn't gotten the hint. Uh, go away already! And he sent out, he put out a tweet uh, the other uh, Friday, where, uh, and I'll try to do my uh, best, uh, Stuart Smalley. When, when Judge Brett Kavanaugh appears before the Senate Judiciary Committee, I wish I could be there because, doggone it, people like no, he didn't say that. He said. But uh, when, when, when Judge Brad Cameron appears before the Senate Judiciary Committee, I wish I could be there because I have some questions I'd love to see him answer. And here they are. And Al Franken, we know he has he's grasped a lot of things, but reality is not one of them because, Al, we don't care what you think. So if you want to go check out that tweet by Al Franken, and by the way, uh, his Twitter handle is still Sen, Frank, you know, S-E-N short for Senator Sen Franken. But in his Twitter name, his Twitter name still says he can't let it go. His Twitter name still says U.S. Senator Al Franken.
2: <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I, Siri,
3: let it go, Al. You got drummed out of the Senate because your party, your political party, particularly the top of your political party during the 2016 campaign season, Hillary Clinton came out with this mantra of every woman has a right to be believed if she's harassed, assaulted, whatever. And this was the standard your party set. And it's amazing. You read, you read this tweet that Al Franken put out about how he wishes he could be there at the Senate Judiciary Committee. Apparently, by the way, apparently it wasn't enough. That he was verbally sliced and diced by Neil Gorsuch in a in a a, a polite way, because Justice Gorsuch is the picture of decorum, of professionalism, and just a great legal scholar. And the questions Al Franken tried to ask him, you know, these, you know, this is what they do when they they're gonna they've already opposed the nominee. Al Franken already opposed Justice Gorsuch or Judge Gorsuch at the time because. Resistance or something—they're going to oppose any anybody or anything associated with Donald Trump. So Al Franken tried to play these gotcha games with Judge Gorsuch, and Judge Gorsuch wasn't having it. Now, I mean, he again—he was a modicum of a professional legal scholar, so he didn't need to get nasty back at Al Franken because, well, he—he's got the great legal mind. So it was uh, Al Franken was clearly punching above his weight class in that one, but apparently. Al Franken, uh, you know, he, he has enough people in, in his circle of influence. I guess it stroked his ego and told him, well, "Way to hit back at way to hit at Justice Gorsuch, way to thunder away at him, da, 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 you know, whatever." So he uh, linked to his Facebook page, the questions he wanted to ask. I didn't didn't click on the link because I don't care. You're irrelevant, Al. Nobody wants to associate with you. But what was sad is there are some responses to this tweet it was just so pathetic so nauseating. i wish you were still in the senate i wish you were still in the senate i wish you could come back run for re-election again al you know which i guess technically he could because obviously in, in uh 2020 is the next time this seat will be up for re-election and uh you know, who's to say maybe he maybe he's arrogant enough to do that which would, again, render completely fraudulent the Democrat mantra of, you know, we want to all women deserve to be believed. And, of course, their goal by doing that was to try to shame Trump out of running for president or try to put that in the minds of, of potential Trump voters to say, well, look at all the things Trump has done. And, of course, we remember the October surprise, the Access Hollywood audio where Trump, I'm not even going to describe what he talked about. you know You know what it was. You know what I'm referring to. And they figure they plant that in enough people's minds that Trump personifies this mantra of salting women. And it completely blew up in their face and backfired them to the point where they couldn't backtrack on it. So they had to pressure Al Franken to resign. And Al Franken, I guarantee you, still resents it and is still very bitter about it because he's never admitted to anything. And, and that's the thing. And again, not to rehash all of this, but there are several women who had no reason to get together and, and pile on Al Franken. And and a number of these women believe what Al Franken believes in terms of politics and, ide- and ideology. But some things transcend political affiliation, tribalism. Okay? But yet he's never admitted to any of those. He just plays his ism games. You know, it's not lost on me that, that they, they've elected a, a president, the Republicans have elected a president who bragged on tape about uh, assaulting women. And yeah, can't defend that. Won't defend that. Right. So, anyways, it's just hilarious that Al Franken thinks that uh, he's still relevant outside of maybe you know a few thousand other people, which you know a few thousand in terms of how many millions will cast votes in a statewide race, uh, pretty minuscule. So, but he's he's desperate to be relevant. Okay, and he certainly doesn't. He probably doesn't have a career in Hollywood anymore. Because that's kind of the epicenter of, of, of where these issues cropped up, particularly with the, with the Harvey Weinstein saga. And, of course, when he was on a USO tour, that's what started this whole avalanche against Al Franken, where he was pictured, you know, groping a wo- woman. And here's, here's the most pathetic thing. is people were answer- still rehashing, re-adjudicating that particular tweet where he was shown groping a woman. It's like, well, look at his hands. There's plenty of room between his hands and that woman's chest. He wasn't really groping her, you know. Like, that's supposed to make a big difference. You know, but be, where he was simulating and had this maniacal look on it on his face. Okay, and then the subsequent stories came out where he said, "Yeah, he actually he actually did grope me or actually did pinch me and all that sort of thing." So, um, sorry, Al, you're not going to be on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Nobody really cares what questions you'd ask the the nominee. Maybe Amy Klobuchar will ask. Uh, Uh, Judge Kavanaugh about Twilight or something along those lines. Remember that one? Wasn't it? I think it was... I can't remember. Was it Justice... Was it Judge Kagan or Judge Sotomayor? One of the Obama nominees at Amy Klobuchar got into a discussion about Twilight. I... Classic senator of small things. I don't think uh, Judge Kavanaugh is going to get off that easy, but you know what? He doesn't need to. Hey, speaking of Judge Kavanaugh, we're going to talk about uh, Donald Trump's latest Supreme Court nominee this next hour coming up right here. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back in mere moments.
1: Go nowhere.
5: The world. Denial
1: ain't just the river in Egypt. Turn all
5: of the lights on.
2: Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Does what we do matter? You know, in the big scheme of things, how important is a roof or gutters? And and maybe those things aren't real important in the eternal scope of things, but they are important in us establishing relationships with other people. And they're also important in being able to reach out, being able to meet people, being able to expand the kingdom or, or edify or build each other up. So maybe our work is more of a vehicle to establish relationships than it is just a business. Some of the services we offer are shingle roofing, residential roofing. We also do commercial and residential flat roofs, rubber and TPO flat roofs, small or large. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, you can always contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net.
0: Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263.
6: That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Hello, I'm Mark Stoman, President of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event... Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. AM
0: 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298-CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky State.